Welcome to Training Room Talk, powered by Precision Performance Physical Therapy. Here we will discuss all things related to physical preparation, including rehab, performance, and education. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Training Room Talk. I'm Dr. John Herding here with Coach Rob Rabina. Dr. Nick Pergini. Hey, guys. Dr. Ray Carr. What's going on, guys? Today, we're going to answer the age-old question that every high school kid is trying to do and what got us all started in the weight room, how to gain mass. What are your thoughts, Rob, since you have the biggest arms in the group right now? Yeah, I mean, probably gaining weight and mass, you know, how to get bigger are definitely one of the top goals that I that I see from a lot of high school athletes. Um, so it's definitely something that I deal with on a day-to-day basis. And if we're talking about gaining weight, size, hypertrophy, they're, they're, all, they're all very similar. Um, so I'm going to first talk about, you know, if you have to have enough, you have to eat more food. Um, that's going to help your hypertrophy gains. That's going to help your mass gains. Um, is you have to eat more food, and most people don't eat enough food. And um, definitely would recommend getting with a nutritionist to have them evaluate your nutritional intake. Um, recommend supplements, uh, things like that to you know just to kind of check that box that make sure you're eating the right foods to to match up your body composition goals, which are to increase size and increase strength. Um, so I'm not gonna nutrition right i definitely think that's probably like you know a one a two kind of priority when it comes to gaining size and and and, and getting some hypertrophy um, you know because it's just it's just a vital component to actual weight room modification um, that'll help someone get bigger so if we're now shifting gears to more how do we adjust our exercise program to help someone with hypertrophy and mass, there's a couple of things that I'm, I'm gonna first look to do. Um, I think we were all maybe taught in school traditional linear periodization, where you have to do endurance, you have to do hypertrophy, and you have to do a block of strength, a block of power, and then circle back to endurance. Um, you know, that might work for some people. For most people, um, that might not work um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, so, I, you know, I think first trying to figure out, like, how you're going to structure your, your training program uh, to reach, to help someone gain weight and, and gain mass and gain hypertrophy. Um, so a couple of things that I'm first doing to help someone get bigger uh, is definitely volume. Um, so there's a lot of ways to manage volume in a workout program. Uh, obviously, sets and reps uh, and, and, and loads definitely, definitely stand out as the things that you're going to be monitoring uh, to help someone put on some weight. So you don't want to jump right to your four or five sets if this person might be new to exercise. So you have to obviously, you know, slow, slow cook that person, um, you know, from a set standpoint, not jump right to five or six sets because they just can't handle that yet. Um, you know, so definitely managing the sets early is something that I, I, I would look to do. Um, Second thing I'm looking to do is to hit like multi-joint exercises. You know, so from an exercise standpoint, 
and we're going to be hitting our squats, our deads, our presses, our pulls, our heavy carries, our heavy pushes and sprints and things like that to hit all the muscles, all the muscles in our body um, and to not only develop our athletic qualities, and we also have to, we're also kind of borderline training like a bodybuilder almost. Um, you know, because every bodybuilder wants to get bigger uh, and then stay lean. You know, from an athlete standpoint, we have to get bigger but stay athletic. So we have to kind of make sure the program is, is attacking those goals. Um, you know, so those are kind of the exercises that I'm selecting. Um, heavy volume, also from days a week. Like, we can't really get bigger with, like, two days a week working out. Like, you just have to educate your client um, on, like, hey, like, you have to train frequently four days a week, five days a week to see, see some, some, some pretty good results. Um, so I'm talking about a lot of things here, days a week, sets and reps, exercise selection, you know, all of those things kind of have to match, um, kind of go in line to help someone get, get bigger and, and, and put on weight. Um, you know, aren't doing single joint movements bad to do? No, I, I just think they're on the, the lower end of the priority um, when it comes to selecting exercises. You know, a lot of people might jump to like, you know, you want, I want bigger arms. Well, yeah, like you have to train arms to get bigger arms. So obviously you can, you can do your single joint movements, just you know, program them maybe towards the end of the workout, um, still in that kind of hypertrophy rep range. So if we're talking now hypertrophy rep ranges, um, anywhere from that like, you know, eight to 10 rep ranges is, is, is traditional hypertrophy. Um, and there's some good research on hypertrophy training that's not just so much about the reps, it's also about the, the time under tension as well. So if you're training a lot of eccentrics and a lot of time under tension-based exercises, research shows that that's also beneficial to, to um, hypertrophy. So for some of my older athletes that have some training experience, you know, we're also modifying doing a lot of eccentrics and a lot of time under tension exercises to help with, to help with hypertrophy and just general muscle damage um you know the more muscle damage you have the, the bigger the muscles you gonna get um you know so that's your hypertrophy training i also believe that getting stronger has a lot of benefits to hypertrophy as well um so we're definitely making sure that we're still hitting some strength exercises and hitting some strength rep ranges to to, uh, to, to, to train strength um you know so i, I think in, in addition to re hypertrophy rep ranges still got to be lifting heavy weights, still got to hit your, you know, if everything you do is eight to 10 reps, you know, that's only going to get you so far. You still have to do two reps, three reps, four rep ranges to, to work on strength to, to help people get bigger and stronger. Um, yeah, so that, that, that's kind of how I attack someone that comes in and, and they're looking to get bigger is let's check the box of nutrition. Let's make sure they're training frequently. Let's make sure we're hitting high pursuit rep ranges, make sure we're training strength rep ranges, um, and let's make sure we're hitting large muscle groups um, with a with a high volume and a, and, a, and a high frequency, while still maintaining athletic qualities. Yeah, I think uh, I think you made awesome points there, Rob. Um, if I had to prioritize, like in terms of just adding mass, yeah, I think the first and foremost, like we are what we eat, right? So I think nutrition and supplements. Definitely top of the food chain, just like you mentioned. I think from a supplement standpoint, I've always been told the three teens, protein, glutamine, and creatine, great ways to add some mass. 
Um, from a lifting perspective, like you said, lift, I mean, honestly, lift often and lift heavy, right? I love the time under tension talk. I think, you know, getting just, I think there's a lot that can take place physiologically, like in terms of getting underneath of a lot of weight and doing negatives, right? Like talk about like the natural hormonal release of testosterone that you get from squatting heavy um, as compared to doing maybe something like a step up, right? So compound movements, like you mentioned, I think are pivotal for adding mass. Um, yeah, I don't know. Any other thoughts, boys? Well, I think so. Um, I know one thing for me, um, body type definitely falls into it, but eating is sometimes it's hard to get in the calories that you need to do. Is there a specific, any specific recommendations you guys give people out there as far as how, the frequency of eating or you should, is there a number you say where you should be eating an extra 1500 calories a day or um, are there standard operating procedures that you guys will give people to, um, to just get them started on that, on like the nutrition aspect of it? I would say you at least got to be in a surplus, right? I mean, just keeping it simple. Um, De but I agree with you. Like, yeah. I mean, but I agree with you, John, like, like you and I are perfect examples. Like you can eat all day and not gain a single pound. Like yeah. if I eat a bowl of ice cream, I'll be 10 pounds heavier the next morning. You know, right. it's just like, it's just the way. So like genetics, honestly, I mean, not to go down that rabbit hole, but genetics can play a large part in adding and taking off mass as well. I mean, we all know hard gainers, right? There's always that guy in the gym. Like it's easy to get to the gym for a lot of us. Right. And, and to, and we'll see like, Ray, we could put in the same work at the same percentages and you might get, you might put on some mass a little bit easier than me, right? Or I might have to focus a little more on the nutrition aspect and make sure I'm eating at a huge surplus to put on the type, you know, any kind of mass. Um, you know, but Rob, like for your high school kid who is in school all day, who might have trouble eating, you know, every couple hours, like what are some recommendations you might give them to make sure they're getting in that the extra nutrition that they might need? Because assuming that they're getting to the gym five days a week. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a great question, John. Um, I think a lot, and there's a lot of kids out there that are in that boat um, where, you know, they might just not eat enough during the day. They're in school all day. And, and some teachers don't even let them have food in class. So like, that only gives them, like, lunch and, like, maybe after school to get something in. You know, so, like, I kind of harp on, like, a huge breakfast. I'm a big breakfast guy, like, Make sure you get some, some some sort of breakfast meal in, um, because most, especially cafeteria food, stinks. Um, you know, from a high school athlete standpoint, so like either recommending them to pack a good lunch and like overeat at lunch, um, and then especially if we're talking in season where these athletes then go, you know, they get done class at two thirty, and they have three o'clock practice for two hours. You know, it's like that after school, you know, meal, snack, whatever it is, is so important. Um, you know, and then oftentimes I'll tell kids, to, you know, if they're not, um, I'll tell them just, like, make sure you eat something before you work out, some sort of small snack. Like, just telling them, hey, you have to eat something before you work out sometimes goes a long way in making sure that, like, they're getting some, some sort of snack or, or meal in to increase their, their uh, calories. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Um, I know, like, one of our athletes – I won't mention any names, pitcher for St. John's right now, right? I literally had him protein shake mid-morning when he was a senior in high school, protein shake 
mid-afternoon before practice and everything just because he was, I mean, you know, he was growing, right? That's another thing that, like, I feel like we have to take into consideration with high school athletes. Like, these kids are growing, man. Like, they need those calories. And, yeah, a lot of times, like Rob said, I mean, they're not getting the right kind of calories nor enough calories at the school cafeteria. Yeah, and I think, like you said, it's a lot of times it's almost like you're forcing yourself to eat and you're overeating, like you said, Rob, to the point where you feel like you can't eat anymore, then you have to eat an extra peanut butter and jelly, peanut butter sandwich, you know, just to make sure you're getting it in. Yeah. Um, so what about guys? Um, so eight to 10 rep range, Rob. And so, so for percentage based people, are there certain percentages that you want to work in? Like you're not pushing for mass strength and mass are two different things that we should distinguish between. Right. But for, um, for mass, is there a certain percentage you're looking to work people in or does eight to 10 reps generally keep you in that percentage? Um, I mean, from a, if you are following percentage-based training, um, I, you know, off the top of my head, I would say anywhere from like 70 to maybe 85% would be like your, your high pressure rep ranges. Um, you know, I think percentages are a, a good way to maybe sustain that eight to 10 range. Um, you know, but I think overall, it's, it's just it's just about you know, and there's a ton and there's a ton of research on like this this magic eight number and this magic ten number. Um, I know I know Brad Schoenfield puts out a lot of good research on on um, hypertrophy training. He's presented a ton on on it, super knowledgeable on it. Um, you know, so definitely check out some of his articles and 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 presentations on it. I think that that eight to ten number is definitely an area that you need to try to stay in. Um, I think it's mostly due to the time under tension. I think that's the, the magic key. With that, it's a, it's, a, it's a high enough load. You know, it's kind of that that good zone where it's like it's, it's a, you're holding a decent amount of weight and you're doing it for a lot of repetitions and you're not doing it. And, you know, what I mean, it's not like twelve or fifteen reps where the weight's light. You know, you're not able to create that muscle damage. You just kind of get tired. Um, likewise, it's not strength where you're training, where it's like really heavy and you don't really feel the muscle fatiguing. You're not getting that that kind of um, that that feel when you're when you're training that eight to ten range. So it, I think that's kind of some of the reasons why I think people like need to stay in that range if you're trying to train that that um, hypertrophy. The also key thing is like that eighth rep needs to be like that's it. Like you can't have two in the tank. You can't have three in the tank. It's not training at eight to ten reps. Yeah, I, I I like what you mentioned there, um, Rob, about you know the feeling there. You know, and Mike Isretel out of RP at RP Strength, you know, has a lot of guidelines on hypertrophy training and talks a lot about you know this idea of, of local you know muscle fatigue and you know, how it, you know, generally, you know, we talk about training to failure and I don't necessarily think that's the only way to get the job done. And I think Mike Isretel actually agrees that it's not all about just going to failure on every rep. That's not necessarily the best way to do things, but we should be feeling some kind of intense local muscle burn at a lot of, at the end of our sets, if the goal is hypertrophy. And I think, you know, going understanding this 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 idea of you know minimal effective dose and then maximal recoverable volume is also really important from you know periodizing your week out and your training blocks 
And it's the idea of like, hey, we want to keep frequency high if we have goals of building specific body parts, whether that be lower body or arms or chest or whatever. And so not going to like this overtraining stimulus where you can only train your body part one day a week is really important because you need to be able to have that frequency stimulus up, which is really coming out in the research and showing, you know, training body parts two, three times a week is probably appropriate, which in turn is going to probably keep relative intensity and volume lower in those training sessions. If you're training body parts multiple times a week. Um, But again, I think having that, that little caveat there of like, Hey, like eight to 10 is, is a good, but is it appropriate? You know, is it, are you using a dose that creates that, that desired stimulus and you're getting that local uh, muscle fatigue response? I think that's like a good little piece to put in because like, obviously training eight to 12 reps is, is, is well-researched, but like, is it effective with whatever dose that you're using depending on your goal? Yeah. So then, um, Rob, and this is for everyone, but how does it change? Are you changing your programming at all, male versus female? Or are you following the same guidelines um, regardless of sex? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I think from a male-female standpoint, um, you know, females aren't going to be able to get that uh, testosterone, which is one of the major uh, reasons why males are able to get bigger. Um, so whereas, whereas females, if you're training that eight to 10 range, they're not going to get the, the size gains that a male would get. Um, to my knowledge, I'm not a hundred percent sure what's actually happening at the physiological level from a female perspective. I would assume it's the same as, as, as most males are just not getting that, that hormonal testosterone release. Um, you guys know anything about that? Um, I mean, this is, this then gets into the discussion, you know, females don't need to, um, lift lighter. Like if, if just to throw it out there, look at Ben Bruno's Instagram page. Who does he train? Kate Upton. He trains Jessica Beal. He trains all these, you know, great, you know, all these, um, women who have looked at as, um, just the, the sex sex symbols of the country of the world and all of them are lifting heavy and none of them look like they lift heavy at all. Right. Um, so, so this just falls further not to take it here either. It's a whole nother debate, but um, women can lift like that and they're not going to see the same mass and size gains as, as men because of the hormone hormonal differences. Right. Um, but I guess my, my question was that what if you had like a female come to you said she wanted to gain size and mass, are you just still falling back into the same principles of you need to eat and we're still going to stay in these rep ranges pretty much? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely where I would go is, um, you know, which I probably never had a female come to me say they want to gain weight. I I can think of one, maybe. I've never had that. No offense to females out there, but I've never had that. Um, Obviously, those are looking to looking to lose weight, um, you know. But I, I think I think you I think you bring up you you bring up a good point, John. Um, you know, most most females look are looking for that tone, that toned look, mm-hmm. right? And and I think we all we all we all understand what that is. But I think if we can define what a what a toned muscle is, you know, that's going to be something that we're, you know, able to you know just. Build some muscle, and there's lots of ways to build muscle: strength, 
hypertrophy and, and, and endurance. So as long as you're following those principles, you know, you're going to be able to build some muscle. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, so basically in closing, Robs, if you had to give someone just that 30 second snippet on how to build muscle, what, what would be the, the 30 second takeaway from this? Yeah, I mean, my just quick thoughts takeaway would be make sure you're eating enough food um, and then make and make sure you're eating more food. Um, and then from a training standpoint, lift weights, lift weights with a high frequency and lift weights, um, you know, that are doing multi-joint movements. Cool. Any other closing thoughts, guys? All right. As always, thank you everyone for listening to Training Room Talk. We greatly appreciate it. Um, please share the content if you continue to enjoy it. And if you have any anything you want us to address in future episodes, um, please go ahead and email me at john, J-O-N, at precisionperformancept.com. Until next time, guys. Thanks. Did you know we now offer done-for-you templated workouts that focus on joint stability, strength, and balance to promote both health and longevity, and improved performance and movement capabilities. We also offer individualized remote programming, one-on-one -on -one virtual PT sessions, and mentorships for both students and professionals. Visit our website, precisionperformancept.com to find out more. If you continue to like the content we are putting out, please consider donating to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash training room talk. There's some great benefits on there for you, like 20% off any of our programs or free sessions one-on-one -on -one with any of our coaches or physical therapists. Thank you, and we appreciate your support.